Hello, and welcome to Soulpreneur, the podcast dedicated to delving into the connections of Black wellness and entrepreneurship. Based off what we see on Instagram, you would think wellness is only for one type of people. Well, Soulpreneur is here to change that. Every week, we sit down with a different Black wellness business owner to discuss business, wellness, spirituality, and just navigating the space as a person of color. This podcast is brought to you by Black Yoga Society. My name's Andriana, and I'm the founder of Black Yoga Society. And this is Soulpreneur. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Soulpreneur. Today, I'm lucky enough to sit with Chanel McKenzie and Kim Knight, the founders of The Village. Thank you guys for sitting down with me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We're excited. Yeah, I'm so excited because I actually saw The Village about a year ago, and I found it from another Black yoga teacher, the first Black yoga teacher I had, and she told me to look into you guys because I'm like, where the heck are all these other Black yoga teachers? Because I need to find where y'all are. So that's actually how I first heard of you guys and was able to connect from Black Yoga Society. So I just want to know, how did you guys kind of get your start and how did you connect to Create the Village? Amazing. Uh, Great question. So Kim and I met in late 2016 or mid-2016 in corporate. Uh, We ran into each other in the bathroom and we realized that we had a lot of aligned ideals when it came to wellness and travel and we immediately connected. So we decided to go out to lunch and, you know, uh, maybe like a few weeks later, I ended my corporate, um, my career at that job. And Mm -hmm. Kim hit me up and she's like, hey, I have an idea. Do you want to start this wellness community? And I'm like, sign me up. How can we do this? So um, we didn't really know each other for more than six months, but we really trusted (laughs) the fact that we both valued being well and, um, you know, connecting to our, you know, our past and our future and, you know, broadening that view of wellness. I love that. And you guys started this in 2016, I believe. So we actually started in January of 2017. 2017. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how has everything changed since you started back then till till now? Wow. It's completely changed into its own, it's its own entity at the end of the day. Um, The village at first, you know, we thought it was like, okay, let's have some conversations. Let's, let's have a, a yoga event. But we really didn't know what would come out of that. Um, mm-hmm. Since then, we've been able to service a thousand plus women and help them broaden their ideas of what wellness should look like. And at the end of the day, people in our community are trusting us with, you know, intimate stories about the trauma they've experienced or, you know, just having a lending ear in the village through our community to, you know, feel comfortable to feel, you know, things that as women of color, we're not often able to do because of the pressures that we have around us and, you know, the goals that we have and stuff like that. Very so it's true. A great. It's a great healing and feeling space that we've created. And honestly, it's been 
uh, great for our own personal wellness journeys. Awesome. And the village is all women of color. Yeah, uh, Chanel answered. But yeah, we we started the village really for all women of color, um, you know, through our just in our in our own personal backgrounds, how we were raised, where we were raised, uh, it was very multicultural and diverse. Um, and we realized that a lot of the struggles um, that we were faced as Black women were very similar to our Asian and Latina friends as well. So um, mm-hmm. we thought it was important to include them along in the, in the journey as, as well. And um, you guys are from Toronto, or I know Kim is from Toronto or has family in Brampton, because I remember we connected about that. Yeah, so I'm actually born and raised in Montreal, and I still live in Montreal. Um, And actually, the village was started in Montreal, because that's where Chanel was living before, and then she uh, moved over to Toronto. So... Um, yeah, we're we're individually in each city, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of our experiences have been focused and centered in Montreal and in Toronto. How do you think having a collective like this in Canada kind of differs from the States? Because just from even doing this podcast, there's so many options of, you know, different wellness yoga collectives in the States, but there's not that many in Canada. Do you think that our viewpoint is different than our U.S. counterparts? I think it all depends on the perspective. You know, in Canada, in a sense, we have a lot of support when it comes to the government and it comes to just being healthy um, when it comes to the health system. So sometimes I feel like wellness can be um, looked at as taken for granted, whereas in the States, it's like you need those outlets because, like, it's a society where it can be a little rough. It can be a little tough to to get by and tough to feel well. So they really rely on their collectives there to make them, you know, feel and, you know, create that space for, for their well-being. Um, but he, yeah, here it's a little interesting, but I'm realizing more and more, and I think Kim can really speak to this as well, that everybody's realizing that what they have now is just not enough and that they're, they need to be heard, they need to be represented, and they need to be seen in these spaces. And more and more, I think we're just realizing uh, the value is there in Canada as well, and it is mm-hmm. um, something that's needed and needs to continue to grow and be the norm. Well, your bio says that you were raised in the U.S., so which part of the U.S. did you live in? Yeah, so I grew up in upstate New York, and in North Carolina. And those were two different worlds. I went from living in a small town, uh, predominantly white, and I was like one of the five black kids in my school to going to Greensboro, North Carolina, where it was predominantly, I was at a quote unquote white school, but it was like 75% black kids. So just having that culture shock of having that uh, American experience uh, in the South was very interesting to me as a child and young adult. Um, and it really opened my eyes to see how different I was um, in so many ways. Because I grew up in this small town and I grew up with a Caribbean background, it was like I had different perspectives on life that changed when I moved to North Carolina. And I had to adapt to that and, be, and to be able to kind of 
assimilate in a sense and, and get along with the people there, you know, because I was kind of seen in a sense as alien at first. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, one of my roommates, he had to live in North Carolina for a bit as well from his family moving there. And yeah, he has some interesting stories as well. <laughs> um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your spiritual journeys. Um, so you guys both started the village January 2017. So I want to kind of hear a little bit about, I guess, what you guys were feeling at the time to want to start it and how your journeys have developed since. Yeah, um, you know, we started the village, as you said, in January 2017. And I think Chanel and I kind of just met and connected at such a important time, at least in my life. Um, I was going through, uh, I guess, quote unquote, midlife crisis. <laughs> so 25. Quarter life crisis. <laughs> yeah, I was like 25. And I'm like, you know, like, where am I heading in life? Um, this corporate job. Oh my God, relatable. Yeah, yeah, this corporate job pays super well, but like this just doesn't, like something just wasn't aligned. Um, and, you know, at the time I didn't realize that it was really a spiritual shift that was happening for me. Um, which I now like understand, um, now that I'm like 29. Um, but really, um, the village kind of was this ideal of where it is that I saw myself feeling represented, where I saw myself being like, where I felt safe. Right. So it was like, this whole concept was all in our heads and we were like, okay, like we would literally sit down and have meetings like, okay. You know, we want to create this like yoga experience. How do we want people to feel? What do we want them to like see when they first walk into the door? And like, we really took our time to like create this like whole universe really for ourselves and like reimagine mm -hmm. um, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Um, what could, what would women of color be if you know they were them best selves in terms of like wellness right and like how do we yeah. help them get there and it was because like I didn't feel that like I was well at the time I felt like I needed help and I needed guidance and I didn't know where to go um and so it's funny because I literally just posted this on my Instagram the other day, but I was like, honestly like the village saved us and I think Chanel can relate to that oh, I where love that. like we we're at this point where, you know, you reach a crossroad, you're looking back at like childhood trauma, you're looking at intergenerational trauma, and you're like, enough is enough. Um, you're looking at systemic oppression. So that's in the workplace in, you know, at, at school, um, and just in everyday society. And you're like, I like, this is not it. This really ain't it. Um, and like, how do I begin to create this shift for myself? Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of it, you know, comes from being able to also create community care and what that can look like and how do we um, foster uh, ourselves and, and, and help us grow and heal. Um, so for me, it was like, yeah, I, I, I really needed it. And I think all of our experiences and pretty much everything that we do at the village stems from like what Chanel and I need first or what are the conversations we're having with girlfriends or like family members? Um, what are the conversations that we know we can't have with family members as well? Where it's like, why? Mm -hmm. um, so just all of that was just, it was a spiritual awakening at that time for me. Um, 
And yeah, it was just like the perfect timing. Um, I even went away on this like silent retreat um, in like March, I believe it was, right after we started to do this. And I was like, okay, Chanel, well, like I'm going away for like a week and a half <laughs> for the silent retreat, which I applied for like six months ago before all of this. Um, and was it a Vipassana? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, Chanel will tell you when I came back, I was like this full on Zen and like, <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh, Chanel, like I have changed. And like, that literally lasted like an hour. <laughs> an hour. Oh my God. Like, an hour. Listen, Kim was coming back on another higher vibration. She was on a cloud above me. And then I don't know what happened. Uh, somebody threw her off and then she was over it. And I was like, oh, there she is. Welcome back, girl. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, that experience. And even the fact that, like, I did that at the beginning of the village, I felt was, like, super impactful for me. Because I was like, all right, you know, that was a great experience. But not everybody has the time to go away for 12 days and do that. I'm like, all right, how do That's we true. help people... Um, you know, start to work on themselves in a more realistic setting, you know, what, what can that look like? And I think those are the ideas that fed a lot of the things that we do at the village, you know? So whether it's like our, um, weekly self-care reminders or like things like that. Um, so yeah, all that to say, it was an interesting journey and I'm just really happy that the village and, and really Chanel were there, um, because honestly the village saved me hundred percent. I love that too because I did Vipassana as well and I had I was exactly the same when I came back of like on cloud nine for a bit and yeah right away it didn't last that long so I love that you guys are trying to figure out how can we incorporate spirituality into everyday lives for everyone exactly and and just to you know piggyback of uh, off of what Kim said for myself, it was really, I was really at a crossroads where I was ending my um, university career for the second time. And I needed to know where my place was in this world. As a single mother, you know, I was in my later 20s at the time. And I was just really just sitting down trying to figure out what kind of value can I give to myself that I can then teach my daughter. And I think the village really helped me number one, heal from a lot of traumas that I was dealing with at, um, you know, from my childhood onward and not only heal them, but, you know, be able to sit down and recognize them and have them as teaching lessons for my, my 13 year old now. So it's like Mm -hmm. this beautiful thing where it's not only healing and helping our community, but yeah, like Kim said, it's saving us. And, you know, at the end of the day, not only did the village save us, but I think my friendship also with Kim um, had a great role in, you know, saving me. Oh my God, the sisterhood is so cute. I can't. <laughs> my heart. <laughs> she all right. She all right. She all right. I don't want to. <laughs> I see the two differing personalities right here. <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet. And yeah, generational trauma is something that I feel like a lot of Black people have been starting to delve into right now, too. Um, Did you guys notice that there's been kind of an increase in a question or want for that? Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, even just even just looking at these past three months and like how much of a shift 
there's been. Um, and people realize, especially black people, um, really taking the time to, to, to sit with themselves and saying like, listen, this really is not it. Um, you know, what are some of the traumas that I've been dealing with? It's time for me to, you know, face that. Um, so we're seeing things like people wanting to go to therapy more. Black people want to go to therapy more. Black people are talking about mental health and mental illnesses. Um, yeah. And I think it's a beautiful thing, right? Um, you know, this, our generation at least, uh, one of the, the gifts that we have is, is the tools. And a lot of that has to do with like the internet, right? Um, mm -hmm. And these platforms, these podcasts and these Instagrams and these Facebook groups, our parents didn't have that. Um, they did not have that. So I think for us, it's really, really, it, it's it's a beautiful thing to see how we're using these tools. Um, and I'm really happy because, you know, it, it's time. It's really time. And of course, we still have a long way to go. There's still a lot of work to do. But just the fact of like seeing Black men and Black women um, raise awareness on, on these issues, on these traumas, it's a huge step huge step in the right direction that is that's so real because um i feel like my story is really similar to both of yours of my time ending university and around 25 years old of feeling that like i don't know what the heck i'm doing i feel lost and then i also had issues of mental health myself of um depression and anxiety and just going through all of that but i felt like i was alone in these feelings that I had and it wasn't until like I really opened up about them and even talked to my own family like my siblings I'm the youngest of four on my mom's side my oldest sister is 42 and I'm 26 so we got a big age gap but once I started opening up and talked to them about it I realized they've felt the same things too at some point they've felt anxiety they felt depression they've all gone through different periods of this and some of them are going through it right now too and I think that's you know one of the beautiful things of what you were saying this time has been so great for everyone to just delve into their mental health and everything which has been so beautiful by piggybacking off of that um how do you feel being black in this kind of wellness space how do you feel like it has affected you whether you know, mentally or spiritually? Because I guess you kind of created your own space. Um, so how did it feel before you created a space like this where you can kind of be yourselves? Was it kind of weird? Yeah, so like for myself in the beginning, I think I really started to look at wellness um, holistically a bit more. I wouldn't say I was where I am now, but around 2014, and, you know, I was going to these yoga studios and feeling so uncomfortable, um, whether it be just because, you know, I was the only black girl in the room. And, you know, when you live in an area in upstate New York where that was all you had, you kind of try to get away from that afterwards. You kind of try to be around your people. So um, having that experience, yeah, having that experience where um, I was, again, the only black person in the room and then it was like, you know, Kim could tell you I had this like really awkward experience at a yoga studio in LA where the teacher um, didn't ask for consent, but started rubbing my wig. And I was like, listen, these spaces are not for me because at the end of the day, like I, I feel like 
I feel uncomfortable and I can't be myself because I feel like a specimen in a sense. Like, does she even my know? My mouth is like wide open right now. <laughs> Shock. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. It's like, does she even know what she's doing in this? Like, you know, and at the end of the day, I just felt really small. And I felt like, wow, I cannot return to spaces like this because at the end of the day, they can't even understand the significance of being a Black woman uh, or or the um, intricacies of that. So I really felt uh, like I needed to reject some of those spaces. And, you know, if I did go to a traditional Westernized um you know, fitness or yoga space, I really made sure to go to a person of color's class after that, because I felt like they would understand me more, they would understand my boundaries more. And uh, yeah, that's, that's really how my need and my fuel for the village, amongst other reasons, of course, um, came into fruition. The audacity of this woman, like, I'm still in shock. (laughs) <laughs> anyone would think that's okay Listen, anytime chanel tells that story everybody oh tells like, what yeah it happens and that's and that's the reality of being a black woman um and entering these spaces um where you are not represented and where you are not really cared for to be honest um yeah. so you know it can be harmful right um, it can be harmful. And I think that was one of our mission, which was like, listen, we need to ensure that any Black woman walking through these spaces that we're offering feels at home and we can ensure or at least attempt to create something where she feels safe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a safe space, you never really get 100% safe space. Um, but in your intention, you know, you can definitely aim for that. And that's just one of the things where, um, you know, these Western spaces didn't, they didn't really do. They, nobody was paying attention to that. I mean, now, you know, everybody's like, oh, how do we like decolonize these spaces and how do we do this? But it's like, where were y'all like five years ago or even from right. before that? Um, now that it's trendy. Now that it's trendy, right? And it's like, okay, you know, what do you, okay, now you're starting to have, um, black black people or um, other persons of color on your Instagram feed that's great um, are you hiring us are you you know what I mean like there's it just goes so much more way beyond all of that so um, we were we took our time and we um, were really intentional with our approach to it all um, you know who's mm-hmm. represented who feels welcomed um, and how do we make them feel safe you know one of the things with us and that's something that we always found is that our at our events, like people would come to Trapso Yoga for a yoga class and they would literally like write us after like, listen, I came for yoga and I got so much more. Um, and that's what we want to hit. That's the impact that we want to have. It's more than just yoga. It's more than meditation. Um, it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're almost like a sense of community. Exactly. It's a sense of community. It's a sense of just helping someone feel like they belong, you know, how many of us don't feel like we belong at work, at school? For some people, it may be in their own homes. Um, and so we have, we have a responsibility and we take it very seriously as well. Yeah, that totally makes a lot of sense. And I relate to that 100%. I still haven't 
I guess going gone to a class in person that's been all black people. So I'm still waiting for my moment <laughs> to feel all that love around me. Um, how has it been discussing wellness with your family? Are they really supportive of the village? Are they the type of people that love yoga meditation? Are they like, you know, that's kind of hippie stuff. We ain't about it. Like, how has it been as a black person talking about these kind of topics with your family? Yeah. So for for myself, um, it's been an up and down thing, to be honest. Like in the beginning, I don't think my mom fully understood what was happening with the village and she didn't even understand like you know as um as a caribbean woman you just want to know like so how y'all gonna make money (laughs) you know facts and i was like oh lord well um mom we're breaking even you know and that was like okay girl so what are you doing with this but i think after a while um my whole family i mean those that I mean, there's like my grandma, I'm not going to really sit down and talk to her about it because she might not get it. But um, a lot of them really understood the impact and understood why it was important. And I think my work through the village has opened up some family members to talk about their feelings, but not only talk about their feelings, but seek counsel. So it's really beautiful to see that like this little, um, you know, girl that felt all the feelings as a kid and, you know, was kind of seen as too sensitive um, mm-hmm. is able to transform the family's view when it comes to therapy, when it comes to healing, when it comes to um, ending cycles. And I think like, of course, we all have a lot, a lot of ways to go. But it's beautiful to see that, like the majority of them are transforming into this um, beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, and it's very similar um, for me as well, you know, coming from a Jamaican background, um, they're just, you know, there were just certain conversations that I didn't have growing up. Um, and so with my work through the village, I've literally been introducing my family members to like yoga, meditation, um, therapy, just like a few weeks ago, my sisters, um, contacted me. They're like, Hey, like, you know, I've really been thinking about speaking to someone, um, do you have any recommendation? I was like, yes, like here's check out this list and check out this therapist. And like, having those conversations. Um, so yeah, definitely it's, it's been great to be able to bring that, um, create that shift within my own little family structure. Um, Mm -hmm. because we like Chanel and I know the impact that we're having on the community, but then to have that impact on our own, um, personal and very small ecosystems at home is even more important. Um, because, you know, we want, we're literally, I guess, the first generation in our families to really kind of like say, hey, like, no, there's another way to do this. Um, and, you know, Chanel's a mother. So just having seen her relationship with her daughter, for me, super inspiring. Um, and just knowing like, okay, how to go about motherhood. Um, when my, t- when I, you know, when I will cross that bridge has been just amazing um, cause I'm like, wow, like, damn, like, I wish I had a mom like that, you know? Um, so I can only just imagine how great her daughter's going to be and like how our kids and grandkids will hopefully be as well. Um, I think it's, it's, I think it's meaningful to do community work, but I think it's even more important to really be able to nurture your own um, ecosystems as well. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes that one person and Hey, if you can be that person for your family and friends, then 
you know it's a beautiful thing to see you just need that one person that speaks up for everyone and then all the stories start coming in and you realize just how much everyone else has been struggling but just never said anything exactly yeah um chanel how is your daughter with um yoga and meditation do you meditate or do yoga with her at all girl i can't get this girl to do anything um (laughs) (laughs) honestly so it's funny she really loves the work that we're doing with the village but i think she's more into the conversations that we hold um Mm. during trapsole yoga we would have conversations thereafter and she was in it like she was ready to talk she was ready to jump in because she's very big on talking about emotions which is i think something that i've instilled in her of course um but yeah when it comes to yoga she's very tall and she says she's not flexible like that and uh meditation she finds it boring for now so i'm gonna keep working on her uh and she's a basketball player so i think she's about that action um oh yeah yeah so so it's like pilates or like ashtanga or something better yeah that's it so she's really into like high intensity training and stuff like that so you know with with time and with patience i think you know she'll realize the value of you know breathing exercises which is actually something that i've enforced uh instilled in her for basketball because she was having issues with anxiety in the beginning and she was uh, Mm -hmm. having performance anxiety. So, uh, you know, along with her and her teammates, I started talking about breathing through those feelings and and those um, as a mindfulness coach there. So, yeah, I I think it's really important uh, for them to know that it's an option. And then, you know, they'll, they'll circle around and get there when, when the time is right. Hey listeners, this is the perfect time to take a little break. Check your posture, make sure your back is straight. And let's just take a few breaths. Inhale and exhale. Just get a nice few deep breaths in. And then we'll continue with the podcast. Um, since the village started in 2017 until now, how have you seen like the landscape change because you guys are hitting like pretty high in Instagram follows and stuff or what I would say is pretty high because my followers are low. So how has everything changed since the beginning to now? Um, um, go ahead, Chanel. Yeah, we do that often. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really, honestly, it's been really interesting because the landscape is, of course, looking a lot different. Uh, and I think it's thanks to the movement that's happened um, after George Floyd's untimely passing. Um, I think the landscape for us has changed in a lot of different ways. I think there's more, we're finding a lot more allies um, through the performative, uh, you know, <laughs> support True. as well. But uh, we're finding a lot more allies and we're finding our people all over the world. So it's really beautiful to see what wellness looks like and that the village looks like wellness worldwide. Um, so, Is yeah. Really about to be international? I mean, like, it really needs to be. I mean... <laughs> I, I think it. I think that it, the- it already is though. It are yeah. it literally already is. Like for instance, our Chopsa Yoga at Home program, we have people from the Caribbean, Canada, US, and the UK. 
Um, so it, it already is. We're on our way. We are on our way. And we just is that like the next goal is to kind of create the village or little villages throughout the world. Absolutely. That was our day one. So the thing with Chanel and I is that, um, you know, Chanel has that experience of living, of being, you know, she grew up, she was born in Montreal, then she grew up in this, in the U S and in different States as well. And then coming back here. Um, and for me, I was born and raised in Montreal, but I've always traveled. I spent some time living in Southeast Asia and just travel was always a big part of our lives. And, um, we always knew that, you know, this was a movement um, and because it is community based, it is something that is needed literally everywhere, um, especially as women of color being able to um, hear the stories of women from Singapore, from Jamaica, from London and hearing the, the similarities and the struggles um, that we all kind of go through is it just only makes sense to be ensure that our community is fully represented everywhere. So, you know, next steps for us looks like being able to offer more virtual programs. So that way um, we are ensuring that it's more accessible um, to women. Um, different retreats around the world, different retreats. I mean, um, partnerships, uh, it just, it looks like a lot. And we have like this amazing 10 year plan, um, <laughs> which we're always working and crafting and um, it definitely involves the international scene. Yay. I'm so excited for you guys to see how much it grows because it's already grown a lot since you started it mm -hmm. only three years ago. Mm hmm. Um, what has been some successes or conflicts you found with kind of mixing your business pursuits with wellness pursuits? Or is there any conflicts? Have they all just been successes? Honestly, I can't say we've had a lot of conflicts. Uh, we've oh, been really, we've been really very, very lucky in our journey uh, to entrepreneurship and um, in this wellness realm as well. Like we've been um, uplifted uh, mostly, you know, black women have been like our number one supporters, of course. And it's just like, and now we're getting um, other women of color who are supporting. So we've been, we've been pretty lucky. And I feel like 2020 has been a year of expansion as we manifested in the very beginning of January. That was like sure. our thing. So it's funny how COVID scared us for a second. We're like, what is going on? How are we going to survive this? But, you know, we pivoted and we planned and, you know, we really hashed out what was important to us and how we can make it happen. And I think we created that access for ourselves that has been mm -hmm. really successful and really, you know, uplifted. And we would love for it to be uplifted even more. So, I mean, that's a work in progress, but um yeah, we're we're blessed. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I think in terms of like conflicts, if there are any conflict conflicts, it really is within ourselves. And so, like mm -hmm. being able to set boundaries and what it is to like run a business, right? So we are like becoming this um, 
you know, we're like the, the new wave of wellness, um, which is what we've been referred to. And we're here advocating for women of color to be well. Um, and at the same time, we struggle within our own individual selves to be sure that we're like setting appropriate boundaries and that we're taking care of ourselves because we love this work so much. And we literally pour so much of ourselves into this work. Sometimes we, we really forget to take care of ourselves. So I would say like, that's, that would be one of the the conflicts of, you know, bridging entrepreneurship and being in the wellness industry. Um, mm-hmm. and really just ensuring that like you are practicing what you're preaching. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like taking breaks and like, not checking our emails at like three o'clock in the morning. And especially recently, like the DMs are coming in, the emails are coming in where, you know, we're being pulled in 101 directions. People want us to partner here. They want to do this. They want to, and it's just like, whoa, you know, just kind of like reminding ourselves to slow down, um, to remain intentional and just to 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 stay true to ourselves and like same when we need a break like listen you know like for instance Chanel is our is the community manager and she has to be like all right like i am taking a week off from running this right now you know mm-hmm. i need to spend time by myself i need to spend time she has a full household right she has a child she has a fiance and it's like where is the balance? So finding that balance and also, you know, nine, working nine to fives um, as well. So that is, I think that would be our number one conflict. It's really like just ensuring that we are finding balance um, and being honest with that. I think it's important to talk about things like that too. It's like, listen, we struggle too, you know, and that's something at the village where we've always been like, we're not experts, <laughs> we're just like you. We're trying to figure this out. Um, we ain't got all the answers. And um, just like you, we are here to redefine wellness for ourselves. Um, and sometimes we're going to make mistakes. And that's just always been a part of our journey. And I think it will always be. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I would have to say about conflict. Well, that probably led to your success, too, is that since you're so open and honest about, you know, your own struggles and that you aren't perfect is probably what helped people relate to you guys more as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, like, I remember in the beginning when I would feel burnt out, I would feel like, oh, my God, should I even tell her that I feel this way? Or does it seem like I'm not invested enough in the village? But then Kim is like, yeah, girl, like um let me remind myself to leave you alone like when you need these moments and you know vice versa and I think right now we're in a place where we're just go 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 and we're just starting to get back to remembering to take time yeah that's really hard to um from an entrepreneurial standpoint standpoint because I mean very relatable content I've been through the exact same things or going through the exact same things so I really relate to those 3 a.m email answers and stuff like that and just not really knowing how to set boundaries and things um so I mean goes to show to anyone listening doesn't matter what type of business you have you need to remember you need those times to yourself and you need those boundaries um what would you say just to finish it off 
you know, what is next for the village and also where can people find out more about what you're doing now and what you're doing next? I mean, honestly, the village is up to a lot of, um, we're scheming right now. So scheming. the village, yeah, the village <laughs> is <So> scheming. <laughs> The village is going to look like so much more next year, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. We're really strategizing to figure out um, how we are going to encompass uh, wellness holistically. So that is a big project that we're currently working on. Um, so stay tuned to that. And um, right now we're just working on our Trapsole Yoga home at Home experience to make sure that, you know, it's good to go and can grow and expand and you know, support our community next year uh, as well. What are, what else are we working on, Kimmy? We got a lot going on, honestly. I, <laughs> I, I yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think for 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 now, as you mentioned, of course, Traps Like at Home is one of our um, major um, programs right now, um, and so that essentially, for anyone listening, is essentially a um, live home monthly subscription. Um, yoga program, which you have access to based on the slide and scale. Um, so we're really big on ensuring accessibility and especially um, ensuring that when it comes to finances, because we know financial wellness is super important for our community, um, we are we are ensuring that no matter how much you make, um, you have access to these services. So that's based mm -hmm. on the slide and scale program where you can choose um, between 18 to $30 Canadian a month, um, how much you'd like to spend on the program. And if you cannot afford the 18 to $30 a month, then we have a scholarship program, which actually grants women of color free access to the Trapsal Yoga program. Um, and that's made uh, available um, gratefully and, and thankfully, thanks to our donations that we receive. Um, we also have our Village Talks, which is a virtual conversation where we are bridging the gap between our community and wellness practitioners. Um, so we speak with wellness practitioners um, that are also women of color and covering a variety of topics um, in wellness. So that can look like things like how to deal with anxiety, um, you know, having that talk with a therapist, it can look like, um, how to treat your PMS syndromes where they talk with, um, with a naturopathic doctor. Um, I'm going to need that episode, please. Yes, actually that's, that's tomorrow. So okay, <laughs> that's perfect. actually tomorrow. <laughs> um, you know, talking about things like nutrition, um, working with finance coaches on like how to help you create like a budget, especially now, you know, we're still in times of uncertainties and, um, to be honest, it may get even worse. So just making sure you are financially prepared for that. Um, so again, you know, we're really covering all aspects of wellness. Um, and these conversations are absolutely free to join. And the, the goal here is to ensure a transfer of knowledge, you know, having access to information is super important for our well-being. So we are, um, we are fighting the good fight when it comes to that. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's, that's really what we have going on for now. Of course, all of everything that I spoke about and more can be found on our website. So that's thevillage.com. Village is V-I-L-L-I-J. Um, 
And you can find us on Instagram and on Facebook at um, The Village. So, yeah. Thank you, Chanel and Kim, for sitting down with me today. This was an amazing chat, and I love talking to you guys and really getting to learn everything about you, about your spiritual journeys, about that crazy wig story i'm still in shock <laughs> oh my gosh um and thank you just for sharing um what you're doing now and how much you guys are going to grow because i can already hear just from what you're doing now the future is super bright for the village and i'm really excited to see what happens thank you so much for having us we um appreciate you and all the work that you've been doing um and yeah this was a lot of fun for us yes. we like these <laughs> we are so grateful for you and we look forward to seeing you in real life whenever that is seriously so many people i've met now i'm like i can't wait to actually meet you in person right <laughs> all right thank you guys so much yes thank Thanks. you take care this podcast is brought to you by black yoga society if you want to learn more about Black Yoga Society, you can visit us at blackyogasociety.com. I'm your host, Andriana Crawford, and I'll see you next time.